0: I'm still so loud, you
1: guys. Trying. I don't know what to say now because you're that was pretty good. That was pretty loud for you. Oh, sorry. I got like super close.
0: That's okay because you're so quiet and I'm so loud. That's why my mic's down.
1: And my mic's all the way up. it.
0: that was loud. <laughs> I just wanted to start off this episode and apologize for our audio last week.
1: Yeah, that was one of the main things that people brought up was the audio.
0: Um, we are working on it, obviously. We are new to this. And I am not the brightest. What? <laughs> Did you disagree and call me stupid? So, is there anything you want to say to our lovely two listeners?
1: We love and appreciate our two listeners.
0: <laughs> it's my mom and... <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I
1: love you, Bob. We do love the constructive criticism, though. And if there is anything that anybody notices at any time during our podcasts that we can do better or just anything that needs to be corrected, feel free to email us at deathlyafraidpod at gmail.com or post it to our Instagram and we will. Be sure to try and fix whatever issues that you guys have with us.
0: Yeah, we definitely want to make it better. We love the constructive criticism. Um, It definitely helps us figure out where we're going with this. So we appreciate it. Um, With that being said.
1: I believe it is your turn to go first.
0: That's right. I get to go first this week. We decided we would be switching back and forth. so. I am going to tell you guys about the Lonely Killers. I do know Brian knows about this story. <laughs> kind a of a bit. bummer. We have recorded this episode once before, you guys. <laughs> it was real bad.
1: <laughs> this was our first, like, learning kind of how to podcast episode that we decided not to do.
0: So if you can believe, the audio was actually worse that time. <laughs> <laughs> and we said, heck no, we are not posting this. So here's my second shot at the Lonely Heart Killers. Um, the Lonely Heart Killers was a couple that would go around and um, lure in wealthy women. And um, a lot of those women ended up dead. So um, the first...
1: <laughs> first
0: half. The first half, yes. The first half—that's where I'm looking for of the lonely heart killers was Raymond Martinez Fernandez. Um, he's he was born December 17th of 1914, so quite a while ago. Long time ago. <laughs> Long time ago. Um, he was born in Hawaii to Spanish parents, and shortly after he was born, they moved to Bridgeport, Connecticut, and. He they kind of moved around a lot while he was younger, and then when he was a teenager, he actually moved to Spain, which is where his citizenship was, because of his parents. And he worked on his uncle's farm.
1: I wanted to go to Spain.
0: I think Spain would be amazing. I think it would be beautiful. So when you get rich, take me there. By <laughs> um, age twenty, he was married to a local Spanish woman. Forgive me, because I am not spanish and can't pronounce this correctly, but her name was Incarnacion Robles. 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 (laughs) I do not know how to say it. I apologize. Um, Together, the two of them actually had four children. During World War II, Raymond was in the Spain's Merchant Marines, and he was also in the British Intelligence Um, After the war, he actually decided to abandon his wife and four children and boarded a ship to the U.S. While he was on that ship, a steel hatch um, fell down on his head, fracturing his skull and damaging the frontal lobe, his frontal lobe, of his brain.
1: A frontal lobe.
0: (laughs) Some frontal lobe. Um, It put him in the hospital for three months.
1: So what is a hatch? Is that like a... Like a door, yeah, like a door hatch, like the
0: lift up and it landed on his head and it fell down. (laughs) Um, so a lot of people speculate like this is where Raymond started to go downhill and this is where his life of crime started, although. Don't feel he was probably the best person before this. He did abandon his wife and four kids in Spain to go start a life in the US. Two so. stories
1: about great father figures,
0: <laughs> right? Know how to pick them. So, um, after he got out of his out of the hospital, he actually landed himself in prison from stealing like clothing from a business. He was caught in sense I can't talk <laughs> he was caught and sentenced to a year in prison while he was in prison um, his cellmate who was Haitian actually taught him how to do voodoo and black magic Raymond claimed this gave him irresistible power over women
1: So how I won you over my voodoo
0: <laughs> your voodoo <laughs> Raymond often used voodoo to lure in lonely wealthy women, and he would swindle them out of their money. And that is not even where I was at. Okay. He was in prison. He had a Haitian cellmate. The cellmate taught him how to do voodoo. Okay? We've established the voodoo and the black magic. That's how you won my heart. Yep. With your voodoo. We thought it was them sweet moves, but apparently it was the voodoo. Raymond, Raymond claimed it gave him irresistible power over women. He often used voodoo on women that he would lure in through the Lonely Hearts Club. The Lonely Hearts Club was a column in the paper or a magazine that single people would write into and they would try to find love or companionship.
1: Like FarmersOnly.com.
0: <laughs> or Tinder. Or Tinder. Swipe <laughs> <why> voodoo. Um... <laughs> Raymond used these ads to lure in wealthy women and he would swindle them out of their money. Raymond met Jane Thompson while doing this and he took her on a trip to Spain where at this point he had convinced her to make him the beneficiary of her will. Um, Soon after this happened, Jane died of mysterious circumstances.
1: Dang voodoo. (laughs)
0: You
1: don't mess with the shadow man. They'll get you.
0: <laughs> so um, Raymond actually told people that Jane had died of a heart attack. And then he told her mom that she died in a train accident. So he couldn't even keep his story straight. Like he She
1: died like, in a train accident from a heart attack.
0: <laughs> Good call. Probably. <laughs> um, so then the other half of the... Lonely Heart Killers is Martha Jewel Seabrook Seabrook um and then she later married and her name changed to Martha Beck. She was born on May 6th of 1920 in Milton, Florida. What is happening? i I'm, I'm having the heart attack. <laughs> Martha had a glandular problem, which caused her to be obese. And which back then, that's what basically what they labeled obesity. Like, oh, you have a glandular problem. So, um, it actually caused her to prematurely go through puberty. And her mom thought that she, because she like had this sex drive at such a young age that there was something wrong with her. And, um, When she was younger, her brother actually had raped her, and when Martha went and told her mom, her mom beat her and blamed her because she had this idea that there was something wrong with Martha.
1: Sounds like a good mom as well.
0: Right? So they're both off to a great start. Um, So Martha actually had run away as a teen and joined a a traveling circus where she studied... (laughs) Where she's studying nursing. That is not what I was trying to say. So Martha ran away as a teen to join the traveling circus. Shortly after she then um, went to study nursing, once she graduated, she had actually had a hard time getting a job because of her weight.
1: These people are a-holes. Right?
0: <laughs> if this was the case nowadays, I wouldn't have a job.
1: i think a lot of people would have a job but
0: right people sucked i mean they still suck but they sucked then too so she was able to briefly land a job as an undertaker's assistant preparing women's bodies for burial
1: so they say why she didn't work on like all the bodies it was just Strictly female bodies, or I don't
0: know if it was just like that's how it was back then. Like, oh, women take care of women, men take care of men. I don't know. It did, I didn't actually look into why she just did women's bodies, but I assumed that that was just for the day and age. Yeah, so right after this job, actually, she moved to California to work at the army hos- hospital while she was in California, she became pregnant. When she told the father, she asked the father to marry her, and he refused. So, that, that's fun. Yeah.
1: A bunch <laughs> of great father and Which, mother figures.
0: But then again, too, like, a kid's not a reason to get married, but he also didn't want to be in the kid's life either. So,
1: yeah,
0: there's that. <laughs> um, So, when he refused to marry her, she packed up and moved back to Milton, Florida where she was from originally. Um, When she returned, she had told, this is kind of funny, she had told everyone that the father of her baby was a serviceman and he was killed in the Pacific campaign. So the whole town mourned her loss and they published her story in the local paper. Huh. Because she's so brave. (laughs) After that, she began seeing a bus driver named Alfred Beck thus she became Martha Beck after she became pregnant with their son um but they were only married for 6 months before they divorced mm. and in fact they divorced before their son was even born
1: so so she had the one kid already yeah so she then... had a
0: daughter and then when she moved back she started seeing this bus driver Alfred and yeah, when they, when she got pregnant is when they got married. Oh. But it only lasted six months.
1: So I don't know why. She's an amazing person, it sounds like.
0: So um now she's divorced, she's got two kids. And Martha became very lonely.
1: Well, you don't have to be lonely at farmersonly dot com.
0: You don't have to be lonely. Well she did. She was lonely. They didn't, of, they didn't have farmers did they have on They didn't have internet back then. We did not. <laughs> We're in the 1940s, son. Too bad. <laughs> so, um, now this next part, I've heard like two different versions of this story. And I don't know which exactly is the correct version, but I've read it in a couple different places. Um, so you can decide which one you want to believe. Like a choose your own adventure story.
1: Perfect.
0: <laughs> um... So the first version, Martha's co-workers thought it would be funny to sign her up for the Lonely Hearts Club. When they told her, she's just like, she's super embarrassed, but she did not cancel the, the subscription or the ad because she kind of wanted to prove that she could find love. So we kind of did it as a joke to her, which is, I mean, it's rude. Yeah. It's just rude. So um, the second version was that Martha was just so lonely that she placed the ad herself. So, I mean, I don't know which one's true, but either way, Raymond answered that ad. What? Yes, and he hey, actually—he
1: was a farmer. He was a farmer,
0: was a farmer. <laughs> so she didn't have to be lonely.
1: There you
0: go. With Raymond Only. Dot com. Um. So actually, Raymond. <laughs> Raymond used his irresistible voodoo on Martha. He had her send him a strand of hair in the mail.
1: (laughs) That's kind of weird.
0: Right? It was part of his little voodoo thing that he did. So, um, Raymond actually came to visit Martha in Florida for a short time. And they actually did hit it off, but he kind of figured out that she was not wealthy and headed back to New York. So, Martha had actually told everyone that they were getting married. They were super in love. And she even began planning a wedding. Huh. So, and, you know, obviously he found out she was poor, didn't really need her anymore, and took off. Um, shortly after he went back to New York, though, uh, she lost her job. She got fired. And packed up her kids and showed up on Raymond's doorstep. Surprise! <laughs> Here I am! Uh... Obviously, you know, two kids is a lot to spring on your new bow. <laughs> so Martha and a bit, Martha, she the Martha, no. <laughs> Martha abandoned her children at the Salvation Army. Which, I mean, honestly, my thoughts on this, like, it sucks for the kids. And it was probably heartbreaking. But in the long run.
1: Knowing so probably a lot better off.
0: Right? Knowing how this story ends, I'm sure the kids had a lot happier life. I mean, I don't know where they ended up. There really wasn't any information on it, but you I don't know could, if you could get probably could, yeah, It probably
1: couldn't have got much worse.
0: Right? You never know. So, um... Good? So Raymond actually saw this as a true, a true sign of love. Son of true love. <laughs> um, he told Martha about his scheme of swindling women out of out of their money, and like how he's u- that's what he's using the lonely hearts for.
1: Huh.
0: Uh, Martha quickly jumped on board. <laughs> she began actually posing as Raymond's sister.
1: You're my sister. <laughs>
0: Yes. And we actually find out that his real name is Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. Joe Deer <laughs> And he's actually on a mission to find his long-lost parents that he separated from the Grand Canyon.
1: That's where he's hoping to find them in the Lonely Hearts because they miss their son.
0: <laughs> and they did find out it was in fact non-space people. <laughs> uh, if you did not get those references, please go watch Joe Dirt. <laughs> um so he tells her about his scheme she starts posing as his sister uh he actually after this starts writing to a woman named janet faye 66 year old janet faye how old is he at this time you know what i don't know that's a good question i should have looked that up but i did not but he's he's much younger than 66 well, i big, so i've yes. kind
1: of figured that bit I mean, I didn't know how big the (laughs) age gap was there.
0: There's there's a good age gap. I do know that, but I don't remember how old he is. At this point, they then um, take Janet's body and put her in a large trunk and they drove it to Raymond's sister's house, which was in Queens. And they buried the body in the basement and poured concrete over the body.
1: That was like a lot of work for a short period of time. (laughs)
0: Well, you got to get rid of that body. (laughs) So the same day that all this happened, Raymond, still posing as Charles Martin, received a letter from Delphine Downing from Grand Rapids, Michigan. The pair went to stay with Delphine and her two-year-old daughter, Raynell. Raymond immediately began sleeping with Delphine, which made Martha extremely jealous. She's not happy.
1: Say how old this Delphine lady was?
0: I probably did, but I I was not good. At
1: I would assume she's <laughs> younger because she's she got is, a two year old. She is younger. Yeah.
0: She's widowed, and um, I actually okay. So there's a movie right called Lonely Hearts that's about this case. Yeah. Starring John Travolta as the detective.
1: We should watch it. I didn't know there was a movie about it. I actually did watch it, oh, what the but heck, I would man. watch it again with you. Ugh. Liked it When did you have time to watch it
0: <laughs> in my spare time? <laughs> so um anyway, in the movie and I did see it somewhere in one of the pages that I seen that Delphine actually they thought she was pregnant with Raymond's baby and they kind of they did say that in the movie. so I don't know if it's hundred percent true, but I do remember seeing it somewhere else besides the movie. Um, so Delphine actually becomes super suspicious of Raymond when he starts asking her to sign over her money, which obviously she refuses, you know, How would
1: you not be suspicious at that
0: point? Right. Apparently all these other ladies are like, oh, okay. Cause like in Janet Fay's case, like she had cleaned out her bank accounts and gave him all her money and like sold her house. And that's why she moved to Long Island. Met? Yeah. It's crazy. Oh yeah. So. It, he's smooth.
1: Apparently it's that voodoo. It's that the you
0: voodoo is <laughs> that voodoo that he knew. Yeah. So Martha actually gave Delphine pills and claimed, so this is the part about the baby. Um she gave her a board of I don't know if that's the way to say it. How would you say that? board a Abordeficience? I don't know. So um mm-hmm. She claimed that that's what they were to help or whatever, but they were actually sleeping pills. Um. So then, obviously, Delphine's like knocked out, asleep. Raynelle's crying, upset, whatever, and Martha, like, strangles her, not killing her, but like, she's irritated. She's like, "Shut up, kid!"
1: Crying baby.
0: (laughs) She's too like she's gonna cry.
1: It's not usually how you take care of those situations.
0: No. I, I mean, I hope you don't. <laughs> so um, then Raymond's actually gets super worried that Delphine's going to wake up and see the bruising around Raynell's neck. So Raymond actually shoots Delphine in her sleep. The um, Then like Martha and Raymond just hang around for a couple of days. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Raynell like what their next move is going to be where they're going you know and they ultimately decide to kill Raynell and Martha drowns her in a basin which is kind of like a wash tub type thing that they used back then like a sponge like a kid's bath
1: bathtub kind of thing
0: probably something like. ones like
1: you put in the tub that are like Small for the babies or whatever
0: I, I think it's like something that like they would like kind of just wash their bodies with like just like a little to give yourself a sponge bath type yeah. thing, yeah
1: right.
0: so um, they buried the two in the basement and covered them with cement, it's like Janet, Uh the same day that this all happened, uh, a couple of their of delphine's neighbors came over like concerned asking about. To see her or whatever. Um, they talked to Raymond and Martha. They told the neighbors that Delphine was like visiting family or something. So when when they arrived back at the house, police uh were there waiting for them because the neighbors had called the police. And um when they were asking about Delphine and Raynell or whatever, they told them the same thing, you know, they're visiting family. <laughs> Yeah. police noted that when they looked into the house that um, it basically looked like they were moving, like everything was packed up, ready to go. So they're kind of like, you know, where's Delphine? Where's Raynell? Whatever. Yeah. And they told them, oh, they're out visiting family, which as the house is completely packed up, they're not believing. Yeah. Um. Police did search the house and found the bodies in the basement.
1: So how did they find them if they were... Like, buried in concrete.
0: It was fresh. It was just oh, that was day. Yeah, they had okay. just done it that day. So, pretty easy to yeah. find. <laughs> and then, from the fact that they found them, you know, in the concrete or whatever, they were able to find Janet Faye the same way. Because they were like, okay, they're burying them in the basement, covering them up with concrete or
1: whatever. So, how did they find out where Janet was buried? Did they get it, like, out of them? Or did they...
0: So, actually, that's what I'm coming up on. Um, Raymond confessed to 17 murders all over the country once they got him.
1: Holy crap.
0: Yeah. So, he then, after he had confessed to all these murders, he tried to retract it and say, Oh, I was just trying to protect Martha from the death penalty because I knew Michigan didn't allow the death penalty. And, you know, other states do. Well... Sadly for him, but not for everybody else. They were actually extradited back to New York. They did practice the
1: death penalty
0: or enforce the death penalty. Yeah. So Janet Faye was actually the only murder they were sentenced for and convicted of.
1: How was that? When...
0: Because they they sent him to New York. They knew they were going to get the death penalty. Uh, so kind of like, hmm, what are your options here? So they were actually sentenced to death by the electric chair. Shocking. <laughs> it was very shocking. On March 8th, 1951, the sentence was carried out at Sing Sing Prison. Um, they both died still professing their love for one another. In Beck's final interview with the press, she said, and this is a quote, what does it matter who's to blame? My story is a love story. But only those tortured with love can understand what I mean. I was pictured as a fat, unfilling woman. I am not unfilling, stupid, or moronic. In history of the world, how many crimes have been attributed to love?
1: All right. All right,
0: all right. (laughs) So that is the story
1: of the Lonely Hearts Killers. Very interesting. And now I want to watch the movie, since you've already seen it, apparently. (laughs) couldn't <laughs> wait for me to watch it.
0: Well, I was doing research, and I wanted to see how the movie, like,
1: measured up to
0: the crimes and everything. What I was reading versus what they actually did in the movie, so. That makes sense. That is what I did. I watched the movie.
1: <laughs> right. And we're back. So, in 2001, a man named Kevin Manis had purchased this Dybbuk box, at an estate sale from the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor while he was looking for supplies for his furniture restoration business. Story goes that he purchased an old wine cabinet from the granddaughter of a recently deceased Holocaust survivor named Havela, who had escaped Nazi-occupied Poland. While she was in a concentration camp there, her parents, brothers, sister, husband, two sons, and a daughter were all killed.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Right? Like, to be the only one to survive after that, I I can't even imagine, like, how all that was back then. Right?
0: Well, and then obviously she started over, right? Because this was her granddaughter in the estate sale? Yeah. I don't know how you could start over. I mean I know it's possible but just
1: whew, sad. Yeah. So anyway, with other survivors, she had fled to Spain and lived there until the end of the war. In a podcast I listened to today about this, it explained more about Favela and I guess while she was in Spain, she used a makeshift Ouija board to try and communicate with a good spirit to try and have it stop the war. Well, come to find out, she had been communicating with an evil spirit, which she claims to be responsible for a bunch of bad things that happened back in the day, like a bunch of wars and stuff. So she ended up trapping this spirit in this wine cabinet. Called the dibic box. So this is how the
0: dibic box. was This is for... how the
1: dibic box became
0: the dibic. The dibic. The, box. the
1: <laughs> So when Havela, who lived to be 103, immigrated to the United States, the wine cabinet was only one of three items that she brought with her when she moved over here. She brought how many? Three. Three items. So she brought the wine cabinet and then two other items that I couldn't find what they were.
0: <laughs> also
1: in the podcast that I heard, um, Kevin Manis, when he purchased this civic box, the granddaughter kept telling him, like, he's like, are you sure you don't want to keep this because it's been in their family as long as she could remember? And she's like, no, you can take it. You already paid for it and everything. And he's like, okay, she's like, but I got to tell you, my grandma always said, don't open this box. And she kept it away from everybody, didn't want anybody to open it because it was inside. But she would never tell anybody what was in this box. So Kevin takes it back to his furniture repair store, restoration store, and puts it in the basement. And has to go out to pick some stuff up. Receives a phone call from one of his workers and hurries back to the shop and was like, Hey, what's going on? Well, the worker told him, like, come with me to the basement. So they go down to the basement, and as soon as he gets into the basement, said it smelled like jasmine flowers, which come to find out is like a perfumey kind of smell.
0: Right, jasmine. And, yeah. The flowers, right?
1: Yeah. And so, uh, light bulbs had been, like, shattered and the employee was the female and she said she heard unworldly screams coming from the basement before she went downstairs to smell the scent of jasmine. And She, see, went,
0: she went down specifically to, to smell the to jasmine. Smell. She like, I heard screams and
1: thought there was jasmine down here. <laughs> but, no, so when she went down got hit with the wall of Jasmine sent and seeing that all the light bulbs not were just out like they had exploded like shattered to pieces it scared her so much that she ended up quitting her job because she didn't want to be
0: around around that, that. so did she know it was the Dybbuk box at that point or was she just like
1: I think she had her suspicions because he had just brought that in there and then, and then all this that, that happened she started smelling
0: jasmine. Yeah. She's like, this is really pleasant smell. Right?
1: <laughs> and so... I hate it. I think within a week or two, it was Kevin's mom's birthday. Who's Kevin? Man, the guy who oh. just purchased the <laughs> <tablet> box. <laughs> I
0: was like, Kevin's a girl? Kevin.
1: <laughs> anyway, so he's like, I gotta figure out what to get my mom for her birthday. I have this box. I'll just give her this box for her birthday. I'll kill my mom. Thinking that it's a great idea. So his mom comes to the shop and he gives her this box for her birthday. Has to go upstairs and answer a phone call. Comes back downstairs and she is sitting in a chair with like a blank stare on her face.
0: Like and, in a trance?
1: or she, well, Yeah, like it looks like in a trance of some sort. Okay. And he tries to communicate with her and she can't communicate at all. Apparently, once he handed her the debit box, she immediately had a stroke. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and so after that, she he, she leaves it there. They take her to the hospital, and at this point, for a while, she can only communicate by like writing stuff down on like notepads. And so she writes down the word "gift," and he's like, "Yeah, I gave you a gift for your birthday," and. She's like, I don't like gift.
0: Okay, so she knew what, so she knew
1: what gave her the stroke. And so Kevin, had, I think he tried to give it to his sister. He's
0: like, this
1: is from me. I don't I want it. think to. she had it for a week and gave it back and tried to give it to his brother and about the same thing, about a week, and he gave it back. And so he finally Did anything
0: su- happen to the sister and brother? Or they were just So like- they
1: would get... They would get sick and stuff like that, like develop sicknesses that they didn't have before and I believe Heaven when he said he decided to take the box home he started to get these illnesses that he hadn't had before and he was starting to get um, nightmares of he would be out with his friends and they would turn into this old like hag looking lady that would like beat him up and he would wake up with like bruises and welts everywhere and like that is one of the main things that people would experience with this dybbuk box that have owned it is saying that they would have these nightmares of they would be out with their friends doing stuff and then they would just turn into these old hags and so the hags would beat him up do they
0: think that the the entity they're seeing in their dream, do they think that's
1: what's actually yes, attached to they the think box? That's the dimmick that's attached to this box, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, I haven't had it for a while and decided to post it on eBay again to try and sell it. In which this I didn't find, but I heard it in the podcast that I listened to. That a
0: what podcast was it, uh, Morbid. Oh, okay, I was
1: already. Yeah, that was a really good podcast on this, and I was glad I listened to it because I found a lot of information in there that I wasn't able to find anywhere else. So, anyway, after Kevin sold it, this college student had purchased it, and I think he had a few roommates that was living with him. And then all of a sudden, crazy stuff started happening with them. It was like, they all had the same nightmares where they were out with their friends, they would get beat up, and these guys would like wake up with like solid welts just all over their body from getting beat up in their nightmares, and one morning they woke up to find their you um, it was like an apartment style like sorority house kind of oh, thing, okay. yeah, yeah. and they woke up to find that their whole apartment was just infested with like cockroaches. Like, they were all over the Dybbuk box, and, like, but I think this came from the Dybbuk box, and... That
0: right there is reason enough to get rid of that thing. Yeah, so... (laughs) I remember when we lived in Arizona.
1: Oh, that was bad.
0: Holy crap.
1: Yeah, it's like, you'd walk out in our kitchen at nighttime and flip on the light switch and see all the cockroaches, like, scatter all over the wall, so, I mean, I know what they're talking about, but...
0: We lived in an apartment, and you don't help know how many times we had them to come to spray and just never got rid of them. It My so bomb nasty. and
1: everything. Yeah, nothing worked.
0: We were so happy to move. Right? <laughs> Maybe the Dybbuk box was in our closet. It
1: could have been. Honestly, it's, everything I was finding was saying that they said there were 10 authentic and original Dybbuk boxes created. I think they were saying that two... Two, they do not know the whereabouts of the dip, those two debit boxes, but the Zach Bagans has two of them now, and then they didn't say where the other six were.
0: But the, what was her name? Ha-ha-ha. Havela? Havela. I wanted to call her Hela, like the yes. lady at my grandma's center. Um, Havela, she created this box yes. though, right? Yes. So do they know who created the other boxes or was it like I mean, just...
1: I wasn't able to find anything on that, honestly. I mean, it would kind of be cool to, like, it was cool to hear her story and how she was able to capture that angry spirit and trap it in that box, but...
0: I wonder, like, if she knew who the spirit was or if it... That's crazy. Yeah. It'd be cool
1: to find that out. But anyway, so after. <laughs>
0: but anyway, quit interrupting
1: me, Whitley. <laughs> after this college student and his roommates are experiencing all this stuff, like his roommates have been talking about it with professors and stuff, trying to figure out maybe why these things keep happening to them. And they end up, one of the, I believe he was a, like a curator at a museum and he was part of the college. One of the students had talked to this guy named Jason Haxton, who ended up buying the Dybbuk box from this college student off of eBay in 2004. Uh, When it arrived to his office and he put the box in his hands, he said it almost felt like the box turned into like a liquid state, like in his hands.
0: Oh, weird.
1: Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's like everybody as soon as they get it, like immediately feels like something different, yeah,
0: like something's definitely wrong with this, yeah, and he still bought it,
1: yeah, and he, well, he wanted to oh, kind of me. study like it was like a scientific thing for him, he wanted to study it and see like what was going on with it, like he ran, oh tests. so he
0: knew it was haunted, yeah,
1: bought it, yeah, he knew okay. it was haunted, so Didn't he was a college student, no. I think, yeah. I believe it was in the eBay ad every time that it was a haunted
0: so, yeah, Okay. So people weren't just buying it, getting tricked? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So That's everybody
1: good. knew. So after Haxton received this box, he said it felt like it turned into a liquid state. He also said that he felt like a knife was going into his gut. Oh. Yeah. He also said he felt paralyzed in pain when he goes to bed he he also has these terrible dreams of a hag that seems to come with the box that would beat him up and it's just everybody would get the bruises and welts from this hag beating him up in their nightmares Ugh.
0: so but it's still never been opened it's still been it been has opened. been opened oh okay
1: everybody almost every, I think the college student was the only one so far that has not opened this box.
0: But it's still just attached to the box and didn't, like, escape? No. But, like, so did opening opening it, like, is that what kind of made stuff start happening?
1: I believe so, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, because
1: after Manus bought it and the granddaughter had told him not to open it, he had opened it once he took it to his house.
0: Oh, okay, so she told him yeah. not to, and he was like, You don't tell me.
1: Yeah, and so all he found inside was like stuff that they would use to perform like an exorcism. Like there was, I think, two locks of hair. There was um, like a statue with Jewish, some Jewish writing on it, which the divot in the box. Yeah. So the Dybbuk box actually is a concept from Jewish mythology. So they, I mean, everything in there was stuff that they would use to perform an exorcism to try and get rid of of a Dybbuk. So like if a Dybbuk attached to a person, they would have to undergo like an extensive exorcism to get rid of this Dybbuk.
0: Okay. So did somebody get exorcised?
1: No, this was just stuff that was, uh, that in, was in the, the box. Yeah. So
0: if you open it, you got, you're prepared. You're yeah. going to get ready to exercise.
1: Right? Get fit. So, anyway. Yes. Paxton, who had spoken with scientists and rabbis, they had told him, after he explained everything that was going on, to put the box into a wooden container lined with gold, To neutralize its destructive force. Which he did, and it worked. As soon as he put it in the box lined with gold, all of his ailments went away. He didn't have the nightmares anymore. Like, everything just seemed to neutralize out, and he went back to living his life. Okay. So, I I mean, at least something seems to kind
0: of they don't like gold right or she really likes gold and she's like i'm gonna stay here I'm i feel rich girl look at me
1: so yeah after doing this all his medical issues cleared in the fall of 2004 haxton had sold his, the rights to a story to lionsgate which in turn released a movie called the possession did you which... watch that I have not watched it, and I really want to watch it now. We'll watch that and one together. I will wait for you. Oh,
0: thank you. I will not wait for you.
1: Apparently. <laughs> so, this movie is about a family who must overcome an evil spirit that inhabits a young girl's body after she buys an antique wooden box at a yard sale. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> kind of like the original story. Right. Except a little girl didn't buy
0: it. Yeah, except a little girl Kevin, didn't buy it.
1: Kevin Kevin's is. a girl? Right? So, also in the podcast today, I learned that uh, after the filming of this movie, The Possession, they had taken all the props from the movie and stored them in this one specific warehouse. And shortly after that, um, all of the lights that weren't being used like even ones that weren't being used had exploded and there was some something that caused the fire inside that had burned like demolished all the props from the movie when they did an investigation on it they found no cause to what had started the fire
0: so did they use the real dybbuk box or this is just from filming the movie like
1: like they had taken the dybbuk box i think to film is what it said and then Dang. So, yeah. like, maybe it was like, I don't like your movie. Well, maybe, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird that stuff like that even happened. Yeah. According to the Jewish folklore, the only way to stop being possessed is to find <laughs> a great rabbi whose holiness is key to getting rid of the spirit. I don't
0: know any rabbis.
1: if, if you're haunted by a demon. Offing up blood, ew, and, that would be horrible. And head to toe welts, and I'm trying to remember. I heard it in the podcast today. I don't remember which one it was, but one of them, I think, I believe it was Manus that tried to give it to his girlfriend. He tried to give it to
0: everybody and, before he saw that. Huh?
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I don't want this thing. Eh? <laughs> and so I think she had like bloody nose or something, and. She gave it back to him, and he was coughing up blood. And then one day in the bathtub, they said he coughed up two handfuls of, like, that like that nasty, mucusy crap that you get when you're sick. Ew. Yeah.
0: Handfuls? Two Why two is handfuls he catching up. it in his hands? Well,
1: in the bathtub. You don't want that crap falling in the bath while you're taking the bathtub. Oh. <laughs> I don't want it in so, my hands, either. Right?
0: Oh why would he like I don't know you're in the bathroom, go to the toilet or something, I don't
1: know. Do we think so? Hexton um put this box in the the gold box. He after a while he decided to put it in like a military grade container of some sort and buried it uh before later
0: before later.
1: Before later. <laughs> He decided to. So I found it said he gifted it to Zach Bagans. But another in that podcast I listened to today, they said that Bagans bought it from him for like $10,000. So I, I don't know. I don't know which one's true. This story said that. He I don't gifted know why it to Zach would
0: want to pay for a curse. Like, hey, right? here's $10,000. Can you give me some ailments?
1: Yeah, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so once Begins got it, he put it in his museum in Vegas, which you can go visit.
0: Unless you don't book your search.
1: Yes, if, if you, you want to go visit tour, it, book your tour in advance, not the day before you go to do it, because don't you be will.
0: And ruin your dang trip. Because
1: that's what I did. Yeah, it was very
0: sad. I'm still salty.
1: So he puts it in his museum, uh, puts a plexiglass cover over it, and I believe it was 2018, Host Malone goes to his museum to kind of visit it and see everything, and begins decides to take the plexiglass cover off and touch it, and while he's touching it,
0: Bagans touched it or Malone, so, Post Malone?
1: Bagans took the cover off and touched the debit box. And Post Malone got like an eerie feeling. So he went to touch his shoulder and be like, hey, we need to get out of here. I don't feel right about this. <laughs> Apparently, just touching his, getting that secondhand contact was enough to kind of curse Post Malone because then... It was within the next couple weeks, Post Malone had like three near death experiences that I'm gonna tell you about right now. Mm-hmm. So the first one is when he was him and his crew were flying from I believe it was New Jersey to England on takeoff, two of the his private jets tires just exploded out of nowhere.
0: Like they were obviously still on the ground, I'm assuming.
1: No, they like take off, like on takeoff. They were taking off, like going into the air.
0: They're going down the runway. They blew on the runway. Or... I think
1: just after takeoff, like so once they had they... cleared the runway.
0: So when they go to land, they have no tires.
1: Yes, but the pilot was still able to land the plane safely. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, that would scare the living crap out of me. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be loud, too, so...
0: Oh, no, Kitty, I bet that gave him a dang heart attack.
1: Yeah. So, followed by that, um, three armed robbers showed up to one of Post Malone's old houses, thinking that he still lived there, and um, pistol-whipped the current owner, and while they were beating him, were asking, like, where's Post Malone?
0: Oh, I was gonna say, like, I thought you were gonna tell me they thought it was Post Malone. I was like, how could they not tell it wasn't right?
1: him? So anyway, they beat that the home the current homeowner, asking the whole time, like, where's Post Malone at? Like, he's supposed to be here. They he's
0: supposed to be here. We checked his schedule. They
1: stole cash, jewelry, and cell phones worth twenty thousand dollars from these homeowners. So, not only did they get pistol-whipped thinking that they were Post Malone, or thought Post Malone still lived there, they had $20,000 worth of their stuff taken.
0: Oh, shoot. So, they had some... Well, I guess if they lived in Post Malone's Right. They would have to have money. They got some money, too.
1: Yeah. So, thirdly... Thirdly. Is... The third time? Yeah. The third, <laughs> The third occurrence of this mysterious stuff. Um... He was involved in a really bad car accident with his Rolls-Royce, which he was not driving, his assistant was, where they hit another vehicle, and then before hitting a fence, then ending up in bushes, which I I think I would be able to find pictures of the accident online. Maybe we can post those on there for our pictures instead of the Dimmick box, but I mean, it looked like a pretty serious car accident to come away with no injuries at all.
0: So he hit another car, hit a fence,
1: and then went into the bushes. And
0: nobody was hurt?
1: No. Not a single person was hurt.
0: Except for his Rolls Royce. Yeah. So the assistant was hurt. Right. Because if that was my Rolls Royce.
1: But knowing how nice Post Malone probably is, he probably didn't make them pay for it. So that is my story for this week. A very chilling story. I, don't, I <laughs> Like, I got chills just listening to that podcast at lunch about it. And, I mean, doing the research on all these ailments and everything that the people have gone through with just having that box. And, I mean, if somebody told me, here's this box, don't open it. I probably wouldn't open it.
0: So you're telling me you don't want to touch the box?
1: Not that box. <laughs> Not if it's haunted by a Dybbuk.
0: Not if it's got an old hag attached to it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway. <laughs> so, what did you think of the Dybbuk box?
0: I personally love that. Um, No, I like the Dybbuk box story. It's been one that I've... Been super fascinated with. Like I said, me and Lennon listened to a podcast about it and got him a little bit hooked on it. So he's actually probably going to be excited to listen to this episode.
1: Right. Now, I think I was more excited to go see it before actually researching it. And now that I have done research on it, I don't know that I want to see it.
0: <laughs> so I missed my chance on getting you to the Zach Museum.
1: You know how I am with flying, though, and like, crap happened while we were on a plane after seeing the Dybbuk box, I would probably never fly again.
0: But we're not actually going to touch the
1: box. People just looking at it, though, have, like, said they've gotten sick and, like, weird crap's happened. Like, that...
0: I was sick two weeks ago.
1: So that the <laughs> last guy that had the had damn it...
0: Dybbuk box.
1: Jason Haxton. So they said that when... He got it and had it in the lab to do the research and stuff on it. All of their computers lost all of their like saved data. Like all the computers crashed. All their like important stuff was like wiped from their computers.
0: Like about the zipping box?
1: About everything that oh. they've researched. Like all their important research was just gone. That would search. Yeah. But he, I guess he ran like nuclear tests and stuff on it to make sure it wasn't like radioactive and everything came back negative so
0: interesting
1: yeah mysterious
0: it's still a mystery <laughs> all right well thanks for listening again um again any constructive criticism is always welcome
1: Or if you have any ideas on stories that you want to hear, be it true crime or paranormal, anything from ghosts, haunted places, even aliens, aliens, Sasquatch, any of that kind of stuff, uh, feel free to message us on Instagram or email us again at deathlyafraidpod at gmail.com and give us suggestions.
0: Also, if anybody has listener stories they want to send in, um, we eventually would like to start a listener's episode like once a month reading your guys' stories. So we think that would be really fun. that's one of our favorite parts of a lot of that podcast that we do listen to. So we'd yeah, like
1: to start that. It'd be a lot of fun. And hopefully we get a lot of interesting stories sent in.
0: Yeah. So like, rate, review, get us out there. Um. You said we're on Instagram? Yep. Cool, cool.
1: Instagram and Facebook.
0: Yes, we have a
1: Facebook group. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Deathly Afraid Podcast, if you can believe it. All right, well, adios, muchachos.
1: All right, we'll see you guys next week for episode three.